Hello and welcome back to another episode of The In Between Chats. I'm Karma. I'm Meg. And today we're going to be sitting down with Millie Turner, London-based singer-songwriter, to discuss the artistic process, the changing demands of what it is to be an artist in today's world, spirituality, astrology, and so much more. We hope that you enjoy this chat as much as we enjoyed having it. And be sure to check out Millie's new album, Eye of the Storm, available on all streaming platforms. I mean, I'm super emotional, but my moon signs are really not emotional. I think I'm just very conflicted. <laughs> I think why you're a musician, because you need to like, express your... I need to feel both psychotic and like and also emotional inside <laughs> you know all of this stuff it's all <laughs> but it's really interesting because I've never really I've always kind of like dismissed it completely and never thought about star signs I've been like this is bullshit and then like in the last month I've become way more fascinated and actually like I've, <laughs> I keep stalking people and like working out what their star signs and wondering if it co-aligns with mine and like all my friends like I have matches with and it makes sense in our star signs and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> this is really, amazing. I, it's really weird yeah I've recently got like chatting to some friends who um are very witchy um and I just think it's just the most fascinating thing and like it makes a lot of sense doesn't it that like when you're in the womb like surrounded by water or like liquids um and that you would be like moved by like the forces in the atmosphere and the, the planets and I think there's so much to it I I I, I don't want to get too nerdy but I'm really yeah I, I think like especially because like I think the planets are so big and it's not even stars it's like the moon but also like Jupiter's fucking massive like if you see it in comparison to the earth there is no way on earth that we're not going to be <laughs> nowhere on earth nowhere on earth that we're not going to be moved by it in some way like it's yeah. really strange mm. i think mainly like i hate it when people dismiss it because i think those kind of like dismissal like people dismissing it makes it feel uh like they, it kind of it's like human centric thinking that we are the only things in the universe but actually like mm. i think it's kind of beautiful that we're affected by Jupiter and like Mars and Saturn and it makes yeah. way more sense than not being that in itself like to assume that we're not affected by the like the universe is so like egocentric it annoys me so much definitely I love those moments where you're kind of like oh, yeah I love those moments where you just pulled into the realization of your own insignificance and I feel like I've had so many more of them during the lockdowns you know it's such a classic thing but you know everyone just being outside all the time and just feeling like so connected to the natural world it's um yeah, yeah. just put everything in perspective for sure and I think I don't know about you guys but like every like because everything's opening opening up I'm actually finding it way more overwhelming and like weird to think that like I'm not in that headspace all the time. Like it's been an amazing year of like having that and it's been really refreshing. And then suddenly like, I feel almost like all of that has been undermined by like just suddenly seeing so many different people all at once. Mm. It's definitely like a weird, like I feel like yeah, we have to like transition into normality, but like not forget that those feelings of like, um, oh, 
universe <laughs> all that stuff because it's really important and I don't want to forget that you know because I suppose lockdown like going out into the natural world is just like dislocating yourself from kind of everything that isn't necessary in life often I'm just like I don't know I think that's what everyone's found in lockdown that it's kind of well, most privileged people I guess that yeah you don't need much to be happy um yeah yeah and because you have you go into survival mode like you I've I found myself thinking way more kindly to myself because I know that I have to and that mm. like the world's gonna end and my dramatic mind is like this is like the end of the end of everything I have to I have to be kind to myself and be thoughtful and like I've been doing way more like introspection and stuff but it's I've I've never grown so much like I feel like it's been a really refreshing yeah I don't know it's good like, no, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean like I literally think of my life pre and post COVID not just because we had you know a once in a lifetime global pandemic but because of like all the changes I went through externally of course you know after finishing uni moving to Berlin but also internally you know like I look back and I'm like fuck the person that I was this time last year would never have started a podcast would never have started a whole platform you know and I'm just You're like so okay right. keep it going keep it that's going. amazing you started a podcast that's so incredible <laughs> and like mm -hmm. also like yeah I don't know I yeah I, I completely get what you mean I, I feel like um I've felt way I feel like I've grown without having to do anything like I haven't actually left London <laughs> like I haven't left I've I moved house which was incredible I've had a really uh like amazing time leaving home but even that wouldn't have happened if I was mm. if lockdown hadn't happened I don't think I would have moved out mm. I don't think I would have found that urgency or like that the confidence to feel like that was something I could do I don't mm. I don't know why that is it's just like yeah that's definitely been like a really mm. interesting time um, also I think that um like one thing that I really had to reconcile with and like really deal with through lockdown I mean everybody has but like the benefits of being stagnant you know it's not always necessary to keep on moving and keep on going and sometimes like literally just being stagnant can give you so much growth because you finally have that space to yeah. stay still to heal to reflect and then you know which is like not normal yeah. and I always find that's, a, that's something that I find or have found really stressful like I, I feel guilty staying still and not doing anything and I feel like really yeah out of I need to be doing or busying myself mm. and it's almost like because everyone else was staying still, I felt like I could, which is awful, but it almost gave me permission to feel like that was like a normal, mm -hmm. to do a normal muscle. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that's like a phenomenon? Phenomena? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like unique to our generation, like this need to be, to be constantly putting pressure on ourselves to be doing, 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 and like planning, 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 growing all the time. I mean I don't know like perhaps it's something to do with like social media as well the fact that like we're in constant like communication of some sorts with loads of people who often we don't even know mm -hmm. who are doing things I don't know 
because I wonder like if our parents I'm sure they had you always have like an agenda don't you in your head of like where you see your life going but I wonder if it was this like constant yeah mm. it's so true I think yeah social media media is such a weird one because you are constantly representing yourself like you are your page and it's really hard I think especially when you want to go through some sort of like identity crisis or complete meltdown or whatever that's not something Instagram was made for it was made for people who present themselves and brand themselves it's not a format to melt down on and actually if that's what we base our entire existence on and that's what I've had found really hard like in the last year when I have have had meltdowns I'm like because my Instagram is not personal so I guess it's different but like I don't know it's very difficult to um represent that on that app and it's it, you know you can't you can't go through an identity change because you just feel judged and that in itself is just so like I don't think our parents had that I mean my mom went through so many phases when she was younger and she didn't feel the need to like show her whole family you know about it mm. it's it's very it's a really weird um the more I think about it and the more I've spent time alone the more I've become like so alien to this app I'm like what is this thing mm. <laughs> um, that was something I wanted to ask you like I guess as an artist when like you are the package you know like you are your music but you're also like a person that's that re is representative of your your art form I suppose like how how, how do you find like being so like consumed as part of your role it's really it's really interesting I uh -huh. <laughs> I think um I've recently released an album and I think that's sometimes both incredibly vulnerable and I feel very exposed but also in the same way I think my art is almost my armor and I, I wear it as like a protection from like people knowing me I don't think anyone on Instagram really does know me like it's very hard to get to know me on my Instagram and that's that's what I want it to be I don't want it to be about me because then I'll start to panic and start to have a crisis of identity I'm like ah! I, I want to have room for myself to grow and like evolve but I think um the the music that I make is separate and that is something that I see as um I'm giving that to people, but I don't, I don't feel consumed. Mm. I let my art be consumed. And there's definitely like um, a link between my art and me. And you could probably get to know me through a lot of what I make, but it's not a conversation and it's not, it's, it's, it's like, it's an abstract form of getting to know someone. I don't know. <laughs> no, I get what you mean. And it's actually so interesting that you say that because um, we spoke to a band called Sublunary a few weeks ago. We spoke to the members Rami and Gigo, and they were talking about like you know the high of putting on a performance and how amazing it is being in front of an audience and everything. <laughs> but then how the hardest part is afterwards, you know, when the music is gone and now they're like forced to like be like, oh well, you know, this is me, this is what I am. Whereas it's so much easier to like represent the music, the music itself. It's so much easier to give that to people rather yeah, than it's, you know. Yeah, it's like a, especially because it's music so powerful and it's something that we I can't control or I can't. Um, yeah, I can't control how people perceive it, and there's mm. something quite powerful about that. Mm. But and like, 
I can kind of, you know, live in it and love it as it is because mm. music is incredible. Um, mm. But it's so true. And I think that's why this year has been so hard in a way because, like, I haven't had a, f- the only like outlet I've had is social media for that that space of like artistic and like creative you know and so having had three years of kind of being doing gigs being the musician and then having so much time by myself and being with me is definitely like way more confronting and like it's been a lot very you know so much has gone through my mind in so many phases and I I really needed that but um it's it goes to show how much when you're in that like music artist headspace and you're working that full time it can be quite um easy to kind of get lost in the music and yeah that's why I think it's been hard for any creative because they haven't it's hard to find an outlet when you're just stuck inside all the time um yeah but it's it is true the after part of a of a gig is always like so strange <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. so you just released your new album what have the past few months been like for you like the build-up to all that getting it ready yeah. it's like, like in the whole of lockdown that I've been like preparing for it so oh, it feels like as we come out of lockdown I'm like also it's like you're <laughs> <laughs> Here's my baby, my new baby. I do feel like it's like my little, it's like a package of different parts of who I've been in the last three years. Like it's it's so incredible. Um, and yeah, I'm, I, I, I mean, it's very weird because I haven't, I don't feel like it's real, you know, it's all online. Um, mm. But it's when I talk to people like you guys or like um, when I get long messages on Instagram or I meet up with people and they tell me in person how much it's mean, like meant to them. That's when it's been really like powerful and mm. a beautiful experience. But yeah, I miss doing shows. I think that will make it feel like I have like this collection of songs and all the visions are coming together. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Did you find it easier to create in lockdown? It's so hard. Like some parts I did, then when I was having crises, 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 um, I, I it was really difficult to create. But I think at the beginning of lockdown, I was like super optimistic, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna write a novel. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that." I was making so much. I wrote a whole EP. Like I wrote like a little lockdown EP. Um, and produced it you know I was so motivated but then I think I I went through a breakup in October and then I felt so I kind of like felt so burnt out and Mm. kind of used up and I was like actually I need to like stop giving to social media and actually work out what I want from it like I think I was just putting so much on there and I was like actually like I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> genuinely and I, I I think I needed some sort of like um guidance with it um so I took some time to like myself like I literally had a whole month where I don't think I saw anyone I was literally by myself in my room um because my sister had COVID and I was like distraught about the breakup <laughs> um 
but then I moved out and then I've had this whole uh I'm living with like 10 other people and in a warehouse mm. in London things are feeling just starting to feel more like I'm a real person I think before I was just kind of like this this thing on social media who was making lots of stuff but not knowing not having any time to herself to know or establish a sense of um so yeah I ended up and now I feel like I'm starting to like with the album I feel way more like um excited to make more music and like meet new creatives in London and start like collaborating more um but yeah it's definitely been like a journey great line it's been more of like a Mm. roller coaster um which is like (laughs) yeah I think there's definitely like an added pressure on artists today like especially within the framework of social media you know maybe 20 years ago 15 years ago you could get famous just through the process of like you know songwriting creating your own things performing all these things but now with social media being such a big tool slash platform slash whatever it's kind of almost like there's that added effort of like, you know, now I have to maintain this image on Instagram. Now I have yeah. to, you know, open up to these people that I don't even know and like, you know, show them what it's like to be me. Or yeah, what they oh, think. So weird. And I think like, I've really struggled. It's taken me like four years to establish some confident voice on Instagram. And because I started when I was like 16 and it, you know you have to kind of find your own groove because there's so many different things you can do mm. and also like if you want to grow a fan base you have to you have to have this kind of branded headspace and I'm such a scatterbrain that's quite a hard mm-hmm. thing to do um but I feel like in lockdown especially I found that voice a lot more and I feel like I've connected more to people and understood more what people love which is usually just realness um Mm. but it's definitely strange like I like people are so much less um it's so much more intimate and you feel like you have to expose everything so you have to set your own boundaries as well like how much you want to show knowing that when you're like burnt out it's okay to stop and you don't you know you have to like put those kind of boundaries in your brain otherwise you literally will just because mm-hmm. it, it kind you, of sense of like responsibility to the people who follow you in a way it's like well it sounds slightly that it's like oh I feel like I need to keep on giving even though mm-hmm. at the expense of your yourself I suppose I think that's probably the yeah. trap of social media isn't it and like that's what we find in the collective in a way it's like or we need to post at a certain time to like get a certain number of likes or whatever like it's it's horrible like you're constantly monitoring the way that you you put things out there into the world and it's also like uh yeah you're so yeah you're so right like things like numbers as well suddenly become everything to you and that's really strange I start I went through like I started to post I always find that the things that I really love and I share people don't really like that <laughs> and that's really annoying I mean I like I posted um I was really proud of this EP I didn't release it on Spotify but like it's only got like a few thousand views and I'm like they're my favorite songs I've ever written <laughs> I mean yeah I think it's really strange how sometimes you have to 
compromise maybe like the artistic mind with mm. the, mm. what other people want and obviously that's important but like you do need to make sure you're doing it for what you love and make sure you're doing it mm. for um for you as well as do, do you think that you you can predict which songs will be more popular than others like is I it kind of formula that you know yeah it's really interesting like sometimes the ones that like my label have talked about doing really well have actually not done as well and the ones that have been less thought through and polished have done so well like the second song I ever released was Eyes on You which is like my favorite song I've ever written it's very raw very it's like no electronic music it's, it's very simple it's just like drums and the guitar and it's it got three million views in like two months which is insane like none of my songs have done that well in such a short amount of time and um I really I do think I knew that was going to do well I was like this song is the best song of them all <laughs> um sometimes you just yeah. gotta trust your intuition <laughs> yes exactly trust what you let it guide you yeah mm. let it guide you um it does work like that I think um even if it's down to like a dude behind a computer who chooses the playlist on which they go into um yeah I definitely think and I think the more I've spent time with my songs the more I know which ones do well the more I tell people and tell my label and you learn to trust what you know and trust what you create and yeah which is good <laughs> um so off the new album which song would you say is like closest to your heart oh my god that's hard um <laughs> i definitely think Oh god, I love them all. Um, probably, mm-hmm. probably search party. Um, ah, which is my favorite. <laughs> I love because that one, like we solely, like we produced that. Me and this guy called David. That was the one track on the album that we only worked on. Like we didn't have any external help. It was all us. Um, so in that sense, I think it was like the most real of them all. Mm-hmm. And like also the meaning of the song is just like heartbreakingly there and and real um I'm yeah I think that's probably my favorite uh but then I love them all I can't choose of course, of course. you can't discriminate against your babies you love them all. <laughs> you're all beautiful and you're all, you're all equal you're all you're all your own entity <laughs> yeah um but yeah no search party for sure do you, do you envisage them all fitting together in a certain way I guess like you know people say a body of work like do they like progress in a certain way or because I mean Spotify undermines that in a way doesn't it because it just mixes everything all up I know it's so annoying that's why I really want to get vinyls out I want everyone to have a vinyl mm. the whole thing yeah <laughs> sit down <laughs> yeah right <laughs> sit down listen to every song because oh. it feels like there is a certain narrative as well and like also in any album like we were thinking about the order of the songs and like where the energy of the music takes you and like what goes into the next one and I literally just spend hours like listening to it in different orders trying to feel which one 
yeah like which one works which one merges well into the other and yeah that was how it is now it's kind of how Mm. it it should be in my head um that makes me people like press the shuffle button and then they're like listening it on all different orders and I'm like no that's not (laughs) (laughs) you're like no hours went into just picking the order listen to it that makes me feel so shit as somebody who like love playlists like I love making playlists like I can't remember the last time that I listened to an album like but I should you know it's it's obviously like it's part of the experience you know I'm the same same. when it comes to anything but my own music like I'm exactly (laughs) the same there are like albums where I like I don't like them but I like one song or like two songs yeah yeah. Yeah. I hope people don't say that about my album but (laughs) I do love like I have so many playlists and it's like my favorite thing just to like pick out that's how I listen to songs I don't really listen to albums yeah yeah like I think the last album I actually listened to was The Divine Feminine by Mac Miller like how long ago was that like four years ago something like that yeah I've only you see I've only heard like three songs from that okay but that is an album worth listening to oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god genius I'm making a mental note I do think like there are some like when you find a good album that flows so well it's like I will listen to it on repeat mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of some how oh, yeah, that's so true much I never thought about like the flow making you stay because I mean mm-hmm. I haven't bought a CD since the Ben Howard years which <laughs> I was obsessed with Ben Howard I literally just had the biggest crush on him when I was like 14 I was obsessed and I just listened to like the album over and over and over and over but there was something about that album that kept me listening other than like my teenage lust I think it was like the flow of it is <laughs> I've never thought about it like that it's so interesting yeah I'm gonna listen to music in a different way now yeah no like yeah there's always a I definitely th- I remember because I, I would always listen to like Lord albums and Lily Allen was another one mm-hmm. to her a lot that album 22 and it's interesting it's like whenever you listen to an album you have like different you know what song is going to come next and you're kind of like ready for it and it's like mm. and I do think that's actually how music is supposed to be heard because that's how gigs are made or, or gigs mm-hmm. are done I guess um it's that is yeah. true. It's, it's like it, um, that Kendrick album, Damn. It, they did it in a way where you could listen to it from the first song to the last song, but also if you listen to it from the last song to the first song, it also the narrative <laughs> also makes sense in that way. I'm just like, That's so cool. Yeah, like oh the artistry, God. the meticulousness. Oh. Like, I also I think Billie Eilish did that with um. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that album she released? What we mm-hmm. do, what is or something. Um, that album's a great album. Really, I, I don't think I've had to listen to a chance to listen to. So, what have you been listening to these days? Um. Oh my god, so much. Oh, I actually just discovered an artist. Wait, let me. Please Him. I've just um, been in such a rut, like music-wise. You know, when you're just going around and you're like, "Oh, there's nothing that's like filling that void right now." We are. I'll send it to you. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, Lee Hazelwood. So he's quite like 
there's there's a really great album called Nancy and Lee and it's quite mm-hmm. old school it takes you back to like Hollywood movies it's really like oh uh, Summer Wine I know you, oh, you okay. know it Are you, do you I know Summer Wine I only know, know Summer Wine and I just like ugh, I love that song I feel like it transforms me to another time you know so you know just be sitting on a beach with some wine in your hand it does actually feel like that when you listen to this album um my my favorite album of all time is designer by adias harding um that album's like insane like she is remarkable adias harding oh i don't think i've ever heard of her oh my god i'm so jealous Oh, she's so jealous. <laughs> but I have such an amazing time listening to her. She's such an amazing person. <laughs> I've seen some of her interviews and she has quite like, she seems quite a surreal person. Like she'll spend about two minutes thinking about one question and then will answer it very slowly like this. That. It's really, yeah, she's really hard to interview, but I just think it's amazing. I've <laughs> seen met someone who'd interviewed her and she, they were like, oh my God, she's hell. And I was like, no, she's incredible. Is, is she the artist that kind of like, the lyrics are super nonsensical? Kind of, yeah. She's like, yeah, I think. It's like, I really recognize the name and I think my friend's pretty obsessed and which, yeah, yeah. That's all I can comment <laughs> You know, I know what you mean. Like they're really like surreal and they make no sense. I love that. I love it when like lyrics just don't make sense. <laughs> it's so much. Yeah, I'm like, they read my language. <laughs> like this is how I see the world. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I suppose it's also that like I don't know. I feel like we have this idea that music's supposed to comment on things that normal beings, you know. Ex- express express things the way normal people can't in a way. You know, somehow like the union of like I don't know notes and speech is I don't know that this this heavenly union um that we can only listen um listen to but yeah I, I don't know I, I like that it kind of somehow sometimes there's an artist that just completely like subverts that oh you're so right I love like it's quite refreshing because I mean everyone's sick of essays and speaking normally it's quite nice to have like listen to something and not understand what they're saying but mm-hmm. like, you're intrigued because that also I you can always hear how much of like a deep place songs come from like they always seem so visceral and like um emotional and like brr. and it's quite like lovely to have a glimpse into someone else's mind like I always try and like wonder what they were doing or thinking of when they were writing the lyrics they write and yeah <laughs> and then I think oh maybe people think the same about me and then I'm like god I was I did want to ask but I thought this is possibly like the most over asked question ever but like what are your like moments of inspiration like can you see situations that tend to like spark your interest more often than others that lead to I don't know I feel like I don't know it's hard because recently I found it really hard to like I go through phases where I just don't feel honest I feel inspired but I don't feel confident enough to trust that I can write it down I think like I feel sometimes a lot of pressure to like write so when I do I get really like overwhelmed I'm like oh my goodness if it's not perfect then like the world's gonna end 
and my career is going to be over and I'll be found out as like the artist that actually doesn't know how to write anything um <laughs> so usually I feel like like any creativity it comes when you're least conscious about what you're doing and and when I'm least confident about oh sorry not confident when I'm least conscious of what yeah, I'm doing yeah. is when I'm with other people or like I'm made to forget about myself mm. and in any form if I'm like walking in a beautiful place or talking to someone about something incredibly emotional that's completely outside of myself that's when I feel confident or like at least um yeah like detached enough from yourself from your ego to yeah. question it yeah. and you just go for it and then you then you can see where things could head like you write yeah. something you write a verse and then you can imagine how it could be I think when you attach it to yourself, you know, you just, your boring thoughts of like worry come in and you're just like, ah, no, this is not good. This is not what, but that's not what art's supposed to be. So, yeah. But that's um, actually so interesting because like some of the greatest artists that have ever lived, you know, you watch these interviews with them and they're, they're asked about their sources, sources of inspiration, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of them, they talk about, the concept of like a muse of like something literally just taking over them and it was as though the art was coming through them and they're just a vessel you know it's like what you said about being detached and I just I find that so cool like I don't know the concept of like left brain versus right brain you know how they say you know creativity normally comes from your right brain but we're a very left brain society where we have to like criticize and analyze everything in order to make that make sense of it but usually when you have when your right brain is stronger than your left brain then you're able to just kind of create without these boundaries that you kind of impose on yourself and it's actually like yeah we definitely just don't live in a society especially because like I feel like our country doesn't really value art or like I mean everywhere there's there's a kind of like fear of art you know it's pointless it's like a pointless but I genuinely think it without it we wouldn't survive like we would have no way of thinking outside a box or outside of yourself because that's exactly what art is you have to think inside another thing another way of thinking and that's like really hard to do if you're thinking logically because all rational thinking comes from a sense of knowing but Mm. uh, you have to not know you have to be like I have no idea (laughs) sorry (laughs) where this is gonna go (laughs) yeah we spoke Um, about this kind of in like our first ever podcast we're speaking to a dancer we're talking about folk dances like Kaylee's and and you mentioned um I can't remember what your the traditional Palestinian dance was yeah um so I was gonna I was gonna repeat it I'm not gonna attempt it right now um yeah but I think it's like we we spoke a bit about like beat as like a really kind of like bass I don't know sensation you know like like the drum like the drumming noise the drumming sound and I suppose like music as well probably initially was all about bringing people together in in some kind of creative expression um, and to kind of get through this this slog of, of life as I to gather it probably. <laughs> and it is interesting the way it's kind of like moved and changed. 
yeah. yeah you're right. I wish there was like more of a more, I don't know like a place where like Kaylee's or dance could be more of like a normal thing where people get together and like socialize because I, I feel like it's kind of like this hippie thing that you can only do if you've got like a very cool mum <laughs> but I like I, there's so much there's so much potential for that being like a normal thing like yeah we're gonna go dance at the, the oh, form of dance and, at, at the barn <laughs> we're gonna go <laughs> corsets flounder yeah. Not even just going. Oh, we dance. should 100% revive it. It's so cool. I feel like I've never, like probably some of the, the times I felt most happiness, happiest that I can remember is just dancing in a Kaylee, you know, just like feeling silly, just like having oh, music dancing, so just like giggling. Oh, so fun, isn't it? And also, it's hard exercise. So I think that probably like makes me pretty giddy anyway. Yeah, it's like a workout. I could do that every day and I'd probably do more exercise than I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. We're bringing like the Kaylee exercise revolution to London. We are and it will be a way people can walk together. Is your mum a cool Kaylee mum? She is. She has like I yeah we did a lot of Kayleys when we were younger. <laughs> I wouldn't say she's cool. In a city Kayleeing. I know she's cool. Actually I think she is. She's she's special. <laughs> she's in her own way she is just who she is and I love her so it's good um you know we had a lot of Kayleys and I was really lucky to grow up in a very um community centered household so those kind of things were kind of like <laughs> you're every day <laughs> no <laughs> not really but like it was it was kind of normal being around lots of people and eating food and like going out and having Kayleys and stuff and like that always felt like that was like our bigger family is like our community and I'm really I feel so lucky to have that but it's also weird when you're not in a space that's like that I find that really hard to meet people who haven't got that kind of mentality of like sharing food and like dancing <laughs> When you want to dance I'm like what, what do you mean you don't want to dance right now with me <laughs> um yeah it's strange two of the best things in life sharing food and dancing oh that's so true that's and so easy to do when you're not in a pandemic <laughs> you're not in a fucking pandemic mm. I mean hopefully soon I was actually um on a run today um which was strange <laughs> for me and I past a huge fanfare there were like a huge like they were like blasting out music out of these huge speakers and they had like the dj going crazy and there were like families going like Whoa. it was so strange it was like the weirdest um thing i've seen on my run ever. <laughs> in the middle of the day like Whoa. yeah literally a rave with all the families there like it was a kid's funfair but i think the dj was just like really needing to let out some steam. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear it from miles away. It was crazy. Um, Bring back the night. But it's good that things are opening up. People are... Have you got any gigs lined up? Uh, hopefully, yeah. I have one potentially in... July. <laughs> <laughs> it's July. So if you guys are around in London... Yeah. Please come. It'll be so fun. Also... 
please bring whoever because I need more people to sell tickets. <laughs> you need to sell tickets, otherwise it's just never gonna happen. Um, but it'll be fine. It'll I'd be love to be in London for summer at some point. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to be in Berlin in, in the summer as well. No, when fun. are you coming again? Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. I really want to go over. I mean, my manager lives there, so um, that's fun. And yeah, I can't go into normal existence. Yeah, you know what we were saying before about like how all of us have been like become way more introspective or like done loads of like self reflection or whatever. Like, oh. I wonder if we would have gone through that. Like, I mean, I guess I don't know where where you are in your life. <laughs> when you were in your life and you were struck by COVID but Karma and I have both finished uni so I feel like that's probably like quite a natural like changing point but I do feel like I've I've matured like so fast in this year yeah oh my god I completely that's that's really interesting how you guys literally went from finishing uni to suddenly being okay. in a pandemic because actually like at that point you're probably like overwhelmed already going into the world it's quite a nice <laughs> time I guess to have like a break because you've had uni um so like good good on you I'm glad that that's like quite a nice time I'm honestly yeah like obviously this is coming from a place of privilege but like I as shit as it was I'm grateful for you know the things that came out of lockdown one of them obviously yeah. being the collective you know like Meg and I had all this time to just like get all this together yeah I just even being with my family you know like that's something that I probably wouldn't have had time to enjoy you know if we were in normal like normal life so yeah I guess it's just picking it's so great yeah I, I definitely think like there was a oh. point I was literally living with my family and and I we we realized we'd never really we're quite like we're quite a close family but um we haven't had all the everyone in the house for such a long time because we're all quite busy normally mm. so that was really mm. nice if not a little stressful mm. um mm. but it was good because like I felt like a child again I felt like I was 16 and I was going around looking at leaves and picking up pots mm-hmm. and like staring at them for hours and thinking what is a pot um <laughs> Like just enjoying the simple thing yeah you, I felt like I was 12 and I I didn't have any friends to hang out with so I had to just spend all my time at home <laughs> that's what it felt like and it was like it's, it, yeah very refreshing um I did actually want to ask you a question about so like I know if you were Instagram you're a very creative artistic person not just when it comes to you know making music but like you like to draw you like to write you like to paint and my question was it mainly comes out of interest of like Jungian psychology and how, and how he talks a lot about the uh, process of individuation and how individuation really means like strengthening your relationship to the unconscious parts of yourself. That's and I wanted to ask you, do you feel that there are times where, you know, p- painting or drawing or writing a song just helps you kind of process internal things more easily? Or it might, like, elucidate something that you didn't even know was there? So interesting. God. Um, <laughs> I definitely think 
it is like I don't think I'm very good at planning what I make mm. and that's when I the unconscious stuff comes through like when you don't plan and you just let it be and you just like are able to sit down and there's a side of your unconscious that you're able to like just drift things that you didn't really expect to come out and it's quite like a abstract place that you can never really tell or talk to about anyone like to anyone without sounding crazy <laughs> and I think um when I make art it's always like not with much intention I just end up writing and doing stuff and then suddenly everything makes sense and I'll write things that actually came from a really hurt or broken place and I I guess as a Capricorn moon I can't express my emotions but I can <laughs> art and I can subconsciously do it and that's like a more uh, easier way to connect to like the more internal things wounds or good things or like blossoming things you know it's all very different um but I definitely think there is a connection yeah it's just it's all very abstract but I've also been spending a lot of time um meditating <laughs> after my breakup I've literally been meditating every day for that's mean six months so I've been trying to do it every day not like actually every day but like every that's amazing it's it's changed my life and like yeah, I was so, so yeah oh my god I'm so glad I've been talking to so many people about, about it recently my friends just started meditating and like I'm, I think it is the answer to life. I swear to God, yeah. I feel so cheesy every time that I'm catching up with a friend or something and I tell them, you know, I've been meditating, this and that. I'm like, it's actually changed my life. And I feel so cheesy every time I say that. I'm like, I can't believe I'm one of those people that says that. You know what I mean? I but it's know. true. It's true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do? You, like, do, do you both like meditate? Like, is there a particular time of the day that you do? Like, how long do you do? Like, or is it not very predictable? I'd be interested to know how you do it. Um, so I try to do. Okay, I'm very unsuccessful at it, but I try to do 30 minutes a day, um, usually in the morning. But and I don't like. I'm not actually like you know. I'm not actually in meditation for 30 minutes, but it just takes me so long to get to that space where I kind of don't engage with my thoughts as much and then I'll probably get like 15 minutes of actual meditation in the end um but I, I found that like my most effective meditations happen at night like nighttime and a lot of it it sounds like really intense but it's like it's emotional release well sometimes I'll literally just sit down and I'll meditate and then something will come up and it, it won't be a thought or anything and it, or it won't be an event but it'll be like a tension in my body and suddenly I'm so aware of it and the more I focus on it the more it hurts but then it's like it builds up it builds up it builds up and then it's like I feel my muscles contracting and there's just a big release and then I feel like lighter than ever afterwards and it's just like it's, like for me it's a very good it's a, it's a very good catharsis you know it's a very good way of like keeping in check 
with my body and thinking, okay, like maybe I've been taking it a little too hard the past few days, maybe. Or if like, especially if you're stressed, I always find you kind of disassociate with your body. Mm. Um, or I do. And so like it brings you back in. Like you, mm. I love, so like Reiki is when you like explore the energy flows in your body. And you know, I don't want to get too like, no please do please do this but is the space for it you have the, I just think it's so interesting I, I'm I love it all so much I so you have these huge lines <coughs> that flood through your body that has this like energy flow and essentially we are just purely batteries of energy that that are complex so we have circuits around us and if there's like a block or if there is a something that's stalling it or dressing it it just freaks out and it affects you in many different ways because we're all different all factors in different ways but like I always find it so interesting just tracking the energy and like sometimes like I feel like my insides are on fire because I just feel warmth of and it's so strange I've never felt that prior to this year like I've always felt really out of my body when I was younger I always felt very like I would easily become tired and disassociative and kind of run into like periods of mild depression from like just feeling so out out of like my whole body and that was I just had so many memories of that when I was younger and it's only there's something quite magical about feeling energy and sensations that I yeah. felt so dissociative from when I was yeah. a child um so I will spend many times many 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 times many many seconds many hours uh, just loving that and like even like you become conscious of it as well like feeling the warmth in your body mm. in like conversations or um in the studio having breakfast and it's just like oh oh my god I have like a fire inside of me and it's gonna be unleashed (laughs) really you might have had a kundalini awakening you should look into that yeah I yeah what what is that (laughs) oh my god this could be a whole other podcast segment um but essentially it's like kundalini is seen as this creative life force that sits within everybody essentially like this uh like this creative life force that sits within everybody and it's it's meant to like it stays dormant in your root chakra which is at the base of your spine and then somehow like there's different ways that it could get activated and then once that happens it the point the goal is for it to go up like from the root chakra to your crown chakra but the problem with that is there's going to be a lot of energetic blockages, you know, just because, you know, you're a person, your condition, all the hurt that you may have been through, the trauma, the pain, everything, that all that, it's still there, like, in your energetic body. So the point of the Kundalini is for, for her to, like, purge you of all these things. So it's like an awakening process, but it's also, like, you, you know, shedding layers and layers and layers until you're able to return to like the essence of who you are, which is just like pure consciousness, you know? Body Have you had a Kundalini experience? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck, that's amazing. 
Yeah. Um, um. Sorry, Meg. Were you asking me? Have, yeah, Kamer. Have you had a Kundalini experience? Yeah, that's the only way I know about it. Like, I was never into these things until I experienced it firsthand, and it didn't make sense to me, and so, and it's still really hard for me to talk about. You know, to be like, oh yeah, this and this, but it's just like, you know, when you experience something, you can't really deny it. You know, it's hard to like, yeah. 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 Wow. And did it get to your crown? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's definitely not gotten to my crown. But it just is it is it just like it kind of it migrates like throughout time. Yeah, so it it doesn't really go through them, it doesn't go through the chakras in order. So it won't be like, you know, bottom, da 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 da. No. Like sometimes it'll be here and then so for me uh, for the past year pretty much it's been focused on my solar plexus chakra and my heart chakra. It started off like coming up on my heart chakra and that's when I started having all these experiences of like feeling this literally like Millie what you were saying about this fire inside you like feeling the energy move and I could feel the energy move up till here and it was just like stuck and it felt like my chest wanted to burst and then I cried for about an hour and then I felt like I just taken a pill of MD and I was like really euphoric and just like really happy and just really like but yeah I also I feel like yeah wow that's amazing I um I'll send you some yeah I'll send you some resources on it you can look into it I will I will I definitely think like yeah it's weird because those experiences are so psychological and so like in your own head I always find because it's hard to ever tell someone else without them not really understanding mm. it sometimes makes it less real or like mm. you have to trust it you have to have a lot of belief and like a lot of belief in what it is otherwise you'll just lose hey that's a train <laughs> <laughs> the train track <laughs> I, yeah but I definitely think like I always find myself going crazy if I feel certain things, but I haven't got enough belief to ever like carry the, the it through. Like I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need a little belief. You need to like believe. Have a little bit of faith. Yeah, like that's that's literally so much of it is that. And I think at the same time, it's it's yeah, and it's the world that we live in. Like this world of like you know, you need material evidence for something to be for something to be real. You know. There needs to be a scientific way to study it, an empirical method. And it's just like so many of these experiences that have to do with spirituality. At the end of the day, they're purely subjective, you know? And yeah. how like how are you oh. gonna just because it but just because they're subjective though, doesn't make them any less real, I think. Yeah. But just, that's what I don't know. You kinda have to trust something that isn't existent and sometimes I think the only thing that actually makes me feel like I can believe in those kind of things is what I create and like what I can mm. sensually feel like whether it comes to food or like dancing like sometimes you have these experience in any sort of like sensual thing mm. that you just that was crazy I didn't have any idea where that came from but it was very mm. unlike me in a good way mm. and it's like Sometimes that's enough evidence to just make you believe in it, which is why music's amazing. I think that's why I love doing it. Um, but it also makes like writer's block and like the demand of music really suffocating sometimes because you're just like, I have this incredible thing and I really want to 
make sure I do it justice and I create things that I'm really proud of and happy with and honest. But then I have the demands of like the more logical left side of your brain. The left side of your brain? Yeah. The left side of your brain is a bit more like, no, you have to you have to make money. You have to connect to other people. You have you can't just it can't just all be in your head, you know? Yeah. Um, but it definitely starts yeah. off in your head, which is good. What are you feeling so relaxed by just like listening to you guys talk about this stuff? I'm ready for my um No, I have a candle right here and everything's making me so sleepy. Yeah. I just, I just think Millie my work for like Sorry. I just think Millie has like the most soothing voice ever. And she's <laughs> Yeah. And your accent as well. Everything is just like I love it. Mm-hmm. 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 So, you say that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so doing um, vocal lessons. So, mm-hmm. I've like this whole year, I've been trying to work on my voice and my ability to project and speak. Because when I was younger, I was kind of like, I couldn't speak at the age of like four. I, I was deaf. I was like unable to talk. So I had to learn from a speech therapist, but it meant some words and some phrases and some things just don't come as naturally. So like this year I've been like enjoying just like being learning to... how to speak, learning how to speak again and learning how to project or like use my voice in different ways. And it's been mm. so interesting. Like, oh, I love it. It's been really good. That's amazing. What, like, how do you, how do they, like, what does a lesson of that look like? so weird <laughs> it's always very strange um I usually like um I have them every day they always start with like breathing exercises so like we do like 10 minutes of breathing like literally just 10 minutes of like deep breathing so I now I'm really good at breathing that's great <laughs> Didn't think you could be good at breathing, but you can be good at breathing <laughs> um and then I was you do like you do some like <laughs> not the face exactly <laughs> like it's like high school I'm like channel the inner sharpe channel the inner sharpe um, I love sharpe yeah, like yeah yeah and like waking up the voice or like all the muscles in your face and making sure mm. you're using every corner and stuff mm. it's really That's interesting. amazing. We need to start doing that before the podcast night. Just like shake it out. Yeah. Like, yeah. At the moment as well. Just generally, like my tongue is feeling like lead. Like I had it this afternoon. I was I was trying to take a an art society with some kids, and I was just trying to explain how to like just do very simple tasks. I'm like just roll the clay clay out. Mm. I don't know. And my tongue was like, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't really get that unless I'm really tired, and I wasn't. <laughs> God. is it like um you're like yeah I used to have that when I was like I used to have epilepsy and it meant I couldn't control my tongue very well and sometimes I'd be like I don't know if it was related to having epilepsy maybe I was just weird <laughs> um, can you like just grow out of epilepsy I don't know if that's the right word for it but like yeah. is it something that comes and goes oh I have no like, idea yeah. I hope I have. Yeah. <laughs> I um 
it usually like so mine was benign so you grow out of it and then oh, okay okay some people are like they stay you know you live with it forever and that sucks mm. doing that because mm. it is a bit of shit and they're not knowing when you're gonna have it and stuff um but i had it and i grew out of it and it's all good so good for you good for yeah. you but, you um, know, the lead tongue is a weird thing. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly what you're talking about, but <laughs> oh god, check myself out. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it's, it is weird, isn't it? Because I guess it's a muscle. I forget it's a muscle. Your tongue. Um, yeah, <gasps> oh my god, I learned this really interesting fact the other day. Apparently, people, um, there's like a a certain type of yoga that you can do every day which stretches your tongue oh okay and then what they do is they they like try and they try and, and get, the... yeah they put it in the yeah. nose yeah, yeah yeah apparently you try and get your tongue like <laughs> like inside your throat and then curls around like to the soft palate in your nose and then that brings on really like hallucinogenic um experiences you're supposed they... to like taste the the, um, Wait, the nectar something the I know nectar. what you're talking about. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The nectar of eternity. The there nectar is, of eternity. You basically experience euphoric, like Yeah. Because they the do nectar they, of eternity. They theorize, they theorize that DMT is naturally produced in the brain, like in your pituitary mm. gland. And that that action, like that motion can trigger like you know dmt being released from the pituitary gland into your system and then that's what brings on those experiences but i mean they also say you could choke on your tongue if you're not an expert at that so yeah, yeah I, i'm not I, I haven't tried it yet i'm a bit too scared <laughs> i find it so fascinating how much your body has like these like little pockets of like magic that mm. no one knows about and it's so annoying mm. <laughs> um I think, yeah, it sounds really cheesy, but I think that, okay, obviously it's not as intense as like ayahuasca and everything, but like the spiritual experiences that I've had, like the biggest thing for me was like, there were periods of time where I would feel like pure bliss, but also I felt very like fluid, you know? I was I wasn't attached to anything and that made it so much easier to like go through the world and I felt like there were times where I just felt like like pure awareness you know what I mean like just just literally being here in this moment and I okay it sounds really cheesy but I really think that that's like like that's the most fundamental thing that there is in this universe and that's consciousness and you know, like I, I think trees are conscious. I think, I think planets are conscious. You know, and it, that brings us back to like astrology. You know, of course, these massive, energetic yeah. beings have an effect on our psyche in some way, shape, or form. And I think that like when people try to like put into words what God is, and like every single religion has tried to do it, and you know they describe God as something that's all knowing, all seeing. It's everywhere. And to that's me, that, that's consciousness, you know, consciousness is the thing that's everywhere. It's the, it's, you know, you have the collect, that's, that's, I don't know, that's you, yeah. But it's also, yeah, no, completely, it's like this weird, and I, I find that it's interesting, I feel like every single religion always places this very, like, human idea of, of what God. God is. I yeah. just don't 
have the capability of doing that and we can't yeah like you you're put into the shoes of what it's like to be a a tree and a you know all these weird shit and it's Mm. so like yeah it's it's it it makes no sense to why people would ever think religion was necessarily like ever going to capture yeah we're talking about you know like it's it's way more uh fluid and I think I I I remember when I was younger because I was like grew up in quite like a Christian household um and I think that but I always found it very like the way they talk about spirituality is always very masculinized and I've realized there's so much the fluidity of of how I've experienced that and its connection to nature its connection to trees and plants and all things natural Mm. in the most liberating way not in like a yeah and like in a beautiful way it's the most feminine thing that has been so oppressed Mm. and I I really think the there is the the masculine and the feminine and it all co-aligns and it lives Mm. within us but it's so fluid and Mm. um it's not human like it's not it's not gender not yeah. any of that it's, it's like we attach those things onto that we've attached our own ideas of sexuality and gender onto it but that's not what it is to be have like a feminine flow or like a feminine mm. mindset or you know all those terms are so much like mm. fluid within like the world I think it's really like beautiful um I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and um uh, I was just complaining about how you know, in the Quran, in the Bible, they always refer to God as he. And she was like, yeah, I hate that shit. God is non-binary. And I was like, Leila, that's the most woke thing you've ever said. (laughs) You know, literally, yeah. Like we attach these uh, constructs of gender and all that, but it's something that's so beyond our words. And I think that's what, I feel like I'm going off on so many times, but I feel like the reason that, the reason that like, psychedelic like doing research into psychedelics and like learning about dmt and all these things i feel like it rekindled my interest in god because i was reading up of you know people's experiences and so many so many of the so much of the time they just literally didn't have the words to accurately describe it and that's what they would say like i cannot put this into words you know i cannot actually describe what it's like and that's you know, I feel like that's what God always will be. It's not something that you can explain. It's not something that, it's only something that, that, that you can feel or experience, you know? Oh, experience, we just patch our emotions out. And it also makes everything less scary mm. and like the idea of God less scary because I always was very intimidated by the idea that you pray to this big man in the cloud. Like that is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like and he like knows God. everything that you're doing and he's watching all the time. Like what? And it's like, somehow in control of everything. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I feel like it's this has been such like a nice like like circle this conversation hasn't it we began with like we feel so healed by like thinking about the environment in like this quite I don't know reflective way and now we're like like back there and actually like what you're saying Millie about um kind of like 
talking about like feeling like kind of like the calm in your head I think like that's when I feel like most like spiritually aligned when I'm just like Mm. you have that like quiet regard for yourself as a person in this like wider context um yeah yeah, that's that's it for me and also like permaculture I've started to just only only very very lightly research into permaculture and you know it's like very like the basic principles are just like care for the environment care for people oh shit what's the other one (laughs) that's another care such good things and oh it's amazing when you can feel it in a good way yeah definitely yeah I feel like everything needs to come from like that point of that point of contact between you and the environment and I think by like coming at coming at things from that point then the environment becomes the most important like base from for any kind of interaction with the world and as it should be yeah yeah no you're so right and I yeah I I had a run today and I felt I haven't actually been in a park for a week and I'm like I can feel it it's so good it's so nice and it's also been nice in lockdown experiencing the seasons like I know I I didn't think there were fucking seasons in the year I didn't know summer was a thing or (laughs) fell off in winter like it's so strange (laughs) I'm so in tune to that and I've been like trying to change my format from thinking from like an education point of view because I've literally even though I'm not even in education I still think in like semesters and like yeah Mm. so strange but now I'm trying to like change that so I think more in times of seasons and times of like moons and mm-hmm. it, it it feels much more like like I feel like I'm I get a lot more of that out of growing when I have a connection to the world you know it makes so much sense I don't it's really just know. it's grounding you know it's grounding you're actually grounded in something I want to start living more aligned with like the Celtic calendar. I think the the Celtic New Year is is something like the like the first blossom of spring or something like that. Is or maybe it's not. I think it might be sooner, but I can't remember exactly what it is. But um, the weather on that evening is supposed to tell you how 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 the seasons for that year are gonna follow. How how fertile the harvests are gonna be like that. And it was such a a wet um, Celtic New Year this year. So. That's so cool. I had no idea about this. But also, like moons, like you know, yeah. This we're just going going off on this again. But um, you know, like full moons. I don't know about you guys, but I just feel so restless on a full moon. And apparently, oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Your dreams are supposed to tell you like your deepest fears or like what you. I can't. It's either your deepest. <laughs> I have so many half meg facts that I'm like, I have no idea what whether this is no, this or completely the opposite. <laughs> very insane on a full moon i think it's actually a full moon tonight wait is it no surely we're not there yet oh my god i Honestly, think into I... something's happening at the moment i think it might be um fuck, i don't know some planet is like pluto not pluto i feel like that's a very unsexy planet i don't think it's pluto something's <laughs> happening like and on the 26th it's the it's the new cycle of that particular planet so it's supposed supposed to be quite healing in in like two days but we're supposed to be feeling like a lot of like kind of dissonant energies at the moment Mm. i think it's tonight which means i don't know what it means i I, 
I don't know. I always feel like whenever I look up the exact meanings of things, if I don't like feel like I'm relating to it or I understand what they're saying, then I just yeah. like, oh God, I'm not I'm not a woman. <laughs> I, I don't have connection. <laughs> What's going on? But actually we're fine and actually we're good, like, yeah. <laughs> full moons are really good for release like release rituals so if there's anything any you know patterns cycles you want to break you want to let go of full moons are the best for that and then new moons are the best time to set intentions that's all intentions i know and then release yeah i don't know i always just kind of like celebrate them both but i never really know what mm -hmm. i'm actually going to like because I'm apparently an emotionless um, Capricorn <laughs> moon. I find that very hard to believe. <laughs> I know my emotions. I know. I don't know what. I, I honestly, I like these last few days, I've been so obsessed with this fucking star chart thing. I've just, yeah. I can't get it out of my head. I'm like, yeah. I'm really into <laughs> do you know what else you should do you should track your dreams i really 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 recommend that keep a dream journal that's so i had a tarot reading and she said work with your dreams yes, oh my god right. so you guys have to follow See, this, this is reinforcement from the universe See? what's what's she called okay her name's jade and i literally found her wait that's really unhelpful her name's jade if you go on instagram type in Wait, I'll find it. You like what, what? and I only found her through Instagram and then I was in Edinburgh. So she's based in Edinburgh. And I was like, Can I can I come see you? I haven't met you and I really want to meet you. And mm -hmm. then she she was like, Yes, you must come for a tarot reading. And she literally gave me a free tarot reading. Um and I'm gonna pay her through I'm gonna paint her something and then give that to her in payment. Oh, her name's what a beautiful interaction! <laughs> oh, I think she she. Oh, we literally spent like two hours talking and talking about the tarot, and it was fucking incredible. Like, mm. it was really, really great. Her name's Jade. Then it's like a dot, and then like the stone. I've been trying to learn tarot, but oh my god, look how beautiful these cards are. Oh, they're so they're amazing. The working so how, what are you supposed to do with your dreams? Like, what are they telling you? Okay, so the way, okay, so I, the way that I did it was literally just as soon as I wake up, you keep your eyes closed so that the dream doesn't slip right between your fingers. Keep your eyes closed, just think, hold on to the dream, and then I'll actually open my eyes, and then I just do it on my notes app, like on my phone, and it's just like, you know, the date, and then I'll just describe the dreams that I remember. But then I've been doing this since last June, not every single day, but like very regularly since last yeah. June. And then the other day I went through them all and I was like, holy shit. And then I did literally like a thematic analysis and like tried to see like things that were reoccurring, things that kept coming up, characters that kept coming up. And oh my God, like there were so many things that just kept coming over again, like bodies of water all like that comes up in my in my dreams all the time like the sea the ocean a lake um drowning not not necessarily drowning but that there's definitely been that feeling of it. um yeah, and, like crashing waves like huge waves are like out of control 
No, I don't get waves. But usually they're a lot calmer. But I'll be like too deep beneath the surface to like make it to the top. But usually oh. I don't have waves. Yeah. Or I realized that travel, like it's such a big theme in my life, in them, in my dreams. Like so many, so often in my dreams, I'm like going somewhere. I'm like coming back from somewhere. I'm getting ready to go somewhere. I'm at the airport going somewhere. It's like I was just very surprised, you know. Yeah, no, yeah. I need to do that because I definitely like, I don't know if you guys have that thing where like, you go to a certain place in a dream or like, you have a certain world that you return to and like mm. if you mm. dream it'll be like at the same place that you've yeah. dreamt of before. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I actually yeah. have that all the time, like I'll, rem- I'll know the place, I'll be like, well I've yeah, been there before, yeah. it's all. Yeah. And it scares uh, me because when you're in the dream it's like, it feels so real like that's the only life that you could imagine there's nothing else and it just scares me because it's like well fuck what if I wake up from this life and it's, oh it's, no. it's just <laughs> do you know what I mean I'm sorry I don't want to give you an existential crisis but that's definitely I need to do that it sounds really cool I had like one before literally had every night a dream with a tiger in where like either and then I'm- you felt like a leopard yeah, I know. I, I felt like a leopard and I felt like a cat and I felt it was so strange. Like it all linked up. And then so cool. I haven't had many tiger dreams since, but like when I moved out, I kept having like leopard tiger dreams. And I don't even know. Like either I was being eaten by one or like I was watching them eat or like I was like being chased or I was the leopard or like I was watching yeah. a leopard with another leopard and they were just there. Or like I was like in a village and the leopard was walking through the gates and everyone was screaming, you know, all this stuff. It's really interesting. Maybe in a past life you were attacked by leopards. Or maybe I was a leopard. Or maybe you were or you or maybe you were the leopard in a past life. Maybe that's why I should and yeah, it's apparently it's linked to like I, I was telling my tarot the tarot card reader Jade, who was saying it's linked to um the feminine and a wounded mm. a wounded um, um um the mother wound and mm. it's linked to the power of the feminine the power of the the woman of asserting your femininity Femi- mm. <laughs> i can't speak femininity <laughs> and like using that and honoring it something like that I don't know I need to and, and like being able to embody it in a way you know yeah. yes yeah. exactly and like yeah which I think is also in society in general I think that there is a rise in feminine power but it's still really like pressed and- yeah that's why I hate like you know when you when they're like oh you know now we have more women in politics things like that but uh that a lot of times like look at Hillary Clinton you know okay she's a woman in power but she's like reinforcing heavily masculinized aggressive norms you know and that she's maintaining that she's not she's not bringing anything new to the table yeah. and that's why like more- like it's it's like it's like you said you know there's the masculine and feminine energies and we can embody either one of those and they're not like exclusive to sex or whatever you know it's just but we just we're too heavily masculinized in society. The feminine yeah. is on all the time, all the time. 
Mm. And the whole system itself feels like a very masculine society. Mm. So to, to bring real change within a more feminine realm would be mm. would have to be really dramatic. And for that, you have to step into a certain feminine power and um, yeah it's really intense and deep good (laughs) I am excited because I do have I do think like things are changing and especially with this year like things feel like they actually are changing and Mm. like I feel different I don't know if it's just me changing or the world but um no I feel different like I think the collective consciousness is shifting to a certain way maybe it's like everything that's happening with Palestine but like I really actually do think that the world is changing like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. slowly I mean, but surely it's so I was talking to my mom about it the other day of how much coverage they're getting with Palestine and stuff it's just mm. like mm. it's nothing it's it's way more in comparison to what was being talked about before it's really great yeah. and I, I don't know if that's like because we're in a bubble of social media I don't know but it's being talked about, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only is it being talked about, but, like, there's finally the use of the proper terminology, you know? It's not it's not a conflict. Yeah. Like, they were describing it for years, you know? It's apartheid. It's ethnic cleansing. And, I like, today I was watching this video, like, on Twitter. Of, I, can't, I think it was, like, some sort of news interview, and they were using these terms, like, the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. And in my head, like, it took me a moment to process, like, first of all, holy shit, this has happened to my people. But, like, you know, I've known that for years. But then to, like, see someone else, like, describe it that way and, like, finally fucking validate, like, you know what I mean? Like, validate your experience. But, yeah. Shit is changing around. Shit is happening. Things are happening. Things are good. Yeah. 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 This has been, like, amazing. Yeah, thank you for being so open with us and you know it's all good I am very excited to hear it or not hear it because I hate the sound of my voice but I will This podcast is one part of the wider In Between Collective where we host book and film clubs, writing workshops and other events. At the moment we're sending cameras across the world to document moments in the lives of our collective members as well as collecting writing, both fiction and factual, for our websites. We'd love for you to join us. You can follow us on Instagram at InBetweenCollective and via our website www.TheInBetweenCollective.net. We hope to see you soon.